Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's Friday. Folks, you've made it to the end of the week. Stop your countdown lifestyle. Live in the moment. (laughs) Do not count down to Friday anymore. Let this be the last Friday you ever count down to. Thank you, Daphne DeLoren, for giving me that bit of inf- information and, and advice yesterday. No more counting down except we will count down to Friday Night Football. There we go. And that's what we'll start right now. It is a beautiful Friday. Again, it's November 20th. We are just about to the greatest day of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, Thanksgiving, and uh, really excited about that. We're going to talk some high school football this morning, Mo. What's going on? Not much, man. Just just getting excited listening to you talk about Thanksgiving. It's the best. Man, um, mac and cheese, sweet potato casserole. I can't wait for Tuesday. Turkey and dressing. Top five Tuesday. Man. Man. Ooh, chills. If you have not listened to any of our top five Tuesdays, this Tuesday will be the one to listen. You can hear the other ones on our podcast, though. You can. And there's some pretty good ones. But this one will th- take this, the dressing. This one will be this one will be heartfelt. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. This one will take the dressing, no doubt. Yeah. Oh man. It will be top five Thanksgiving sides, if if you were wondering. <laughs> It'll um, be a top five, top five by the time we're through. It it may be. I mean, because it, it's it's hard to it's hard to narrow that down to five. <laughs> a lot of honorable mentions. Oh man, tons of honorable mentions. There, I would almost go. What are what are your your, what are the ones you wouldn't eat hmm. before I would mm. try to put five into a, a top five category. I got one, I got one right now. <laughs> I bet he doesn't eat green bean casserole. I do eat green bean uh, casserole. I don't eat green pea. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, anyway, well, yeah. Well, it's not. It's not a casserole. It's green pea salad. But no. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not. green pea salad. Uh, yeah, I'm not a green. Why pea do you distinguish the green pea? Are there other? I guess there are other kind of peas. There's blackout peas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. English pea. Yeah. Right. You're okay. Right, correct. Yeah. English no. pea gets a bad rep. No, and it just justifiable. So sometimes. I well, like, then it's not a bad rep. I like them. <laughs> I like them by themselves. I don't. I will not eat them, Sam. I am. You will not eat green peas no, or ham. No, no, no. I'll eat ham. Green it's peas. Better, they're better with ham. Yeah. Green peas, mashed potatoes, and meatloaf. That's shepherd's pie. Yeah. Just go. Just go all in. Not not together. I know, but I'm, that's essentially a shepherd's pie. Sure. With a little. But that's how you're. The saying. only thing you're lacking is the. Well, you're really They're not lacking us. anything. Yeah. 
No, I'm 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 skipping all all <laughs> all combinations that involve green peas, basically. I hear you. That's yeah. all. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. I like them by themselves. Nah. A little salt. No, we're good. Good to go. We're good. Oh, there we go. See, now we know what to make Mo for his birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to it. Um, shepherd's pie. It's good for good for the soul. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot of high school football to talk about, and we probably should do that since this is a sports show and not a food show, though yeah. some of us might be. <laughs> yeah, some of you might dispute that <laughs> on occasion. Um we have a big show lined up for you. We have Oakland head coach Kevin Creasy coming up in just about 10 minutes. Uh, we also have John Varlis of the Daily Memphian. He will be in the second hour. We had several local high school basketball games last night. We will get you the results and, and talk a little bit about the ones that we were at. And in segment six, well, we don't have anything for that. Um, we'll just say it's Friday, and uh, and and we, I was going to ask you about that. We don't know what's going to happen about the uh, the heading for segment six. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> they, who knows it's at this a, point? It's the last segment of the show, so can't hold anything back. There now. you go. That's it. <laughs> but uh, Mo, let's go over real quick. We've got several local ish games in the playoffs tonight. Quarterfinals, Fayetteville. Number one seed out of Region 5, 1A, which we have covered all year long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fayetteville is hosting Moore County, and this is a game that was very close. 28-22. In the the regular season. Yeah. And a game that, you know, we've heard it so many times this playoff (laughs) season. It's so hard to beat a good team twice. There you go. Can Fayetteville beat a good team twice tonight? I don't think so. I don't think so. I like Moore County. I like the way they're playing right now. I think every game they have, you know, gotten more comfortable under Chris White. I think Chris White has gotten more comfortable with his team. You know, that's the only game that they've lost this year. And um, playing with a lot of confidence. And if they weren't playing with confidence before this past weekend, going out to Huntington and – Winning at what is a tough place to play certainly had to help them as well. I, I like Moore County on the road tonight. I have to agree with you. I think the you know, Kyler Parker, Mr. Football finalist, Tyler Smith, and uh, Chris White's kid. Yeah, um, and I cannot remember his name. You it, know, um, Caden White. Caden. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking with um. David Knox from the Moore County News last week as we got a little more insight into that team. And the fact that they are running spread kind of makes them different from a lot of Class 1A teams, I think. I think it um, probably puts pressure on a defense in its preparation as much as anything, just trying to replicate what they do offensively to try to get ready for it. Because, I mean, if you could – if you could do it in practice, then you'd probably be doing it. So, it's um, I think it's something different at that level, and I think it probably gives them a little bit of an advantage. Um, and they probably weren't doing it as well the first time they played Fayetteville as they are right now. That was what week four, maybe. 
It was early. Yeah, yeah. it was early. Um, and, and that's the thing is, you know, Moore County's got they they've got the horses to run that offense effectively. I will say that you know Fayetteville has they have more options than they have had to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that in that first game or in the Mount Pleasant game, they threw a about four fades in a row until the guy until the receiver just went finally went up and caught it um <laughs> and they kind of have the ability to do that because if he if their outside guys aren't going to catch it it's going to be thrown to a spot where nobody can get it so you know they've had some weapons that they just again they haven't had to use to this point so i'll be curious to see how fayetteville plays this one um uh, again, it's it's at Fayetteville City. Right. So that regular season game between Moore County and Fayetteville was actually um, week week five. five. Yeah, September eighteenth at Fayetteville again. Um, Still two months ti- ago. Yeah, the Tigers won that game twenty eight twenty two. Yeah, it's every bit of two months ago. And you know, since then Moore County has again gone. What's that? Three six seven seven and zero. Oh. And they've scored at least 21 in every game. That 21 was against Class 2A Eagleville. Uh, they followed that up with a 41 nothing win over Joe Burns. Um, they won 31-21 at Huntland, 35-7 against Richland at Lynchburg, 38-13 in the season finale over Mount Pleasant. And then their two playoff wins have been over Wayne County, 49-14, and last week out at Huntington, 42-22. So, again, putting a lot of points on the board. You know, I, I don't know that they will they will get to 30 tonight against Fayetteville, but I don't know that they'll necessarily have to either. There you go. Um, we talked yesterday about the Tullahoma Nolensville game and then, of course, with Jesse Smithy about the the crossover with Elizabethan and Greenville there, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a game that we'll be definitely looking at tonight and keeping an eye on. I'm sure. You know, when you're listening to the Friday Night Live scoreboard show, uh, you'll you'll definitely hear some of that. And I'm sure you'll hear some of that as well on the um, on the whip around on TriStar Will they be Sports on Radio. So. I didn't know if they would be or they're on on there or not. Um, that's you know, that's really kind of what you know the folks in our area. It's that 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 Fayetteville game tonight, that Tullahoma, Nolensville game, and then of course Franklin Brentwood. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned yesterday, Chris, the the point totals. That Tullahoma had allowed you know, defensively, they've not given up more than 14 points in any one game this year. At the same time, offensively, rolling. Yeah, they have scored at least 29 points every time they stepped on the field, and um, that 29 came in their October 23rd game against Nolansville. So they have scored 30 plus against everybody, everybody else. And they beat Nolansville 29-14. So, I think Nolansville definitely has its work cut out 
going back down to Tullahoma tonight again against a team that I'm going to be a little surprised if they don't wind up in Cookville. I know Elizabethton is the defending state champ, but I just think there's something to this Wildcat team right now, and I think that's going to be a great ball game if it actually comes off. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a good game. I think in the fourth quarter you'll see Tullahoma pull away. So, um, Lastly, you know, we, we talked about Franklin and Brentwood all week. With We talked about it earlier this week with Joe Williams. This is a game that I expect will be closer than the last one. Um, Franklin playing with a lot of confidence right now, and that offensive line is as good as it has been since that Summit game. You know, I kind of feel about this game like um, like Zach Womble with Main Street Preps was talking about Henry County Northeast. So it'll be a game. Yeah, that's possible. It, I mean, it, 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 they will play. I just – honestly, you know, with mindsets and emotion and that kind of thing, I really kind of like Franklin's chances better on Friday night than I do at this point with every with with the loss of Ron Crawford's mom earlier this week and that kind of thing and the way that team and that community feels about him and that family. I just think there's going to be a lot of emotion involved in this ball game tonight and I think you have to wonder if Franklin can get back up after a big win last weekend at Ravenwood to replicate that performance this week against a a Brentwood team that won that region and is really playing with a purpose right now. Well, Ravenwood also won the region. They it was a three-way tie for first. <laughs> So, Independence <laughs> won the region just as much as Brentwood did. <laughs> I, so, my point is that this Franklin team is certainly playing with the most confidence that, that it has all year. I think that 49-13 drubbing of Smyrna really did a number on their their mental psyche. Boat race, as you put uh, they did. They boat raced them for sure. Yeah. I, I do think Brentwood gets the win, but uh, Franklin, I don't think this one will be – I think the the emotion from from Brentwood will definitely play a part, though. I agree with you there. You know, one thing that you do have to take note of, though, in in speaking with Donnie Webb in Coach's Corner on Wednesday, uh, Franklin has scored thirty plus in four of their last six games, and. He talked about Connor Beaven at quarterback and the way he has come on here over the second half, and and I think that's probably reflected in their offensive performance coming down the stretch here. They have won now five of their last um, yeah five of their last six games, going back to their forty-one twenty win over Crosstown rival Centennial that basically secured the number four seed for them. So um, and and the two games right before that weren't. I mean, a seven point loss to. P- to PJPT, to, to, to JP2. Yeah, and Independence. You know, 21-7 loss to Independence isn't that bad. So, it's, you know, you certainly have, you know, have to look. And then, of course, the game before that, they beat Summit. Right. So, right. this has not been a team that's been out of any game that they were in. Sure. 
That being said, just a quick note before we take a break. Franklin tickets to that game have been sold out. Brentwood tickets are available. Just as a note. So if you're a Franklin fan and you don't care where you sit, you go still got Brentwood a chance ticket. to go. Yeah. That's right. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the other side. We're going to talk to Kevin Creasy, Oakland head football coach, about his game tonight, Battle of the Borough. It's Riverdale again. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Every play. Wow! And he spins off a tackle. Every hit. Boom! <laughs> and Trey Hunter tattoos. McCandless down at the 28. Every touchdown. And he tight ropes and goes backwards into the end zone. Wow! Touchdown, Destin Wade. The playoffs are on TriStar Sports Radio. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Friday morning, 26 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock on a beautiful day here in Columbia, Tennessee. It's going to be a beautiful night, too. High today of 70, low of 41. Right now, a perfect 57. Outside this morning, had no issues, no jacket needed. It's just a good day. It's going to be a really fun night of high school football. Make sure that if you are out, take a blanket, bundle up a little bit. It's going to be it's going to be chilly. It won't be cold. It'll be chilly uh, unless you're JP and you're going to be in the studio <laughs> where it's nice and warm. Toasty. Toasty. We will not be toasty on the sidelines where Maurice, myself, and Oakland head coach Kevin Creasy will be. Not on the same sideline, unfortunately, as duty calls for us. But um, Kevin Creasy, um, the seven-year, six-year Oakland Patriots coach with a record over his tenure of 78-6. and six, yeah, That's not bad. Closing in on 80 as he gets ready for Battle of the Borough Part 2 against Riverdale tonight. Coach Creasy, thanks for joining us this morning. Guys, thanks for having me. Well, it's it's certainly our pleasure. Hey, um, obviously you got Riverdale tonight. No big deal. Um, you guys won that game 30-7 to back in um, mid-October. They, 
advance with a 27-14 win over over Hendersonville at Hendersonville this past weekend. Oakland opened its season with a 42-10 win over Hendersonville. Do you can you gain anything from that not necessarily from the comparative score, but as you look at your film against Hendersonville and look at their film against Hendersonville, is there anything you can see or or does any of that even matter when you're playing Riverdale? Yeah, it seems like uh, years ago since we played Hendersonville and, you know, uh, when we played Riverdale, they didn't have their starting quarterback out, which is always a a big deal. But this particular starting quarterback is uh, the offensive coordinator's son who also played in the NFL. So I think he's got an idea of what they want to do offensively. Well, yeah, you know – they they uh they're a whole lot better with him healthy and you know he had surgery on his finger and uh and now he's back and and you know they look like a, a whole lot better football team than the one we we faced uh, a few weeks ago of course we hate playing somebody twice anyway but uh we certainly don't want a, a false sense of hope uh because of that score the first time you know at the end of the day they're a whole lot better team with him at quarterback and uh we're expecting this game to be a whole lot closer you know, Kevin, looking at y'all's performance over the course of the season uh, on both sides of the ball, I mean, you don't see a whole lot of double-digit performances by the opponent, and you see a bunch of 30s and 40s out of you guys relative to some of the other Oakland teams that you've put on the field since you got over there. What what are your thoughts about this team? Because, you know, talking to folks across the mid-state, the consensus is this is a pretty special Oakland team. Yeah, it has a chance to be really special. Uh, got a good group, uh, you know, a little bit different than usual. Always been able to kind of uh, just rely on our defense. And this year we're playing nine underclassmen on defense. Uh, now they've done a really good job, but uh, – their best days are probably still ahead of them and they're doing really well now. And that may explain why I'm having such a tough time scheduling people. <laughs> uh, I've got five non-region games I got to find for next year. And everybody knows pretty much uh, nine out of 11 is back on defense. Uh, but with this team, uh, we've got probably more skill guys on offense than we've had since I've been here. And, uh, just a really talented bunch, you know, and uh, very explosive when they get the ball in their hands. Coach, you know, when you when you think about Oakland football, it, it it's a it's an old school mentality. It always has been that just smash mouth, but also a, a physical group. And with that underclassman group on defense, is it? easier to to teach them what they need to do cohesively when they are all young or is it better when you have some some of those upperclassmen to kind of lead the way yeah it's always better to have guys that you know have experience under their belt you know that's one advantage i feel like we've got over riverdale's that we've been in these third round matchups before but unfortunately a lot of our guys that are playing were over there clapping you know, they weren't exactly uh, in making tackles or making plays. Uh, so that's a little scary. Uh, but at the same time, 
uh, we're real proud of how good our young people have done. And, uh, you know, we always have to be able to look up to some seniors, and, and we, we've been lucky to do that. You know, we've got some really good seniors. Our offensive line is just uh, full of seniors. And then, of course, uh, you look at what Victor Stevenson does on both sides of the ball. He's, he's pretty a pretty special kid. And, uh, you know, we've got another Mr. Football finalist uh, up for uh, the kicker of the year. So that's three guys that we've had in about four years that's been up for uh, Mr. Football kicker of the year. You know, and, and like I said, we, we love to uh, play great defense. We love to score a lot of points. But at the end of the day, uh, you're only going to win these big ball games if you're sound in the special teams area. And, and uh, we've been real lucky with that over the last six years. Speaking with Kevin Creasy, coach of the Oakland Patriots, who um, take on visiting Riverdale in the Battle of the Borough, this time with a trip to the state semifinals on the line. Kevin, with with the performance that you guys have had this year, again, looking at these margins of victory and, and that kind of thing, particularly over some really good teams like that, excuse me, that 37 nothing win at Brentwood in early October. Um, how do you keep your guys focused from week to week as opposed to thinking about what might be out in front? Yeah, you know, we've, we've got hopefully this week and two more weeks ahead of us. Uh, you know, I think our guys can see the big picture. Uh, but our guys have shown up to work every week. You know, we've got a standard at which we uh, work and a standard in which we play. And I think our guys have really hit those expectations. You know, that's, that's the advantage of being in our program for so long and, and making it to the semifinals every year uh, since I've been here. So our guys have uh, answered the bell, and we expect them to answer the bell again. And, you know, you bring up, you know, the Brentwood game, you know, they're still playing, and uh, we probably played our best game against those guys. So uh, definitely – Definitely, we're happy. You know, definitely happy leaving Brentwood that night. And uh, you know, uh, we've got a couple more tough opponents before there's a potential rematch with Brentwood. So uh, right now, we got to worry about Riverdale. You know, everybody wants to talk about Maryville. Uh, that's one of the worst parts of this job. Is you know, they talk all year about one game that happens week 14, and you don't even know if you're going to get there. Well, uh, you but, say that, but. Um... I guess I want to say every year of your tenure you've played Maryville. Is that correct? That is true. That is true. (laughs) I mean, it's appointment football at this point, Coach, right? (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, here's the deal. We've had some really good seasons that, you know, we let, you know, you leave and you feel disappointed because, uh, you know, you you go 13 and one. You know, some people would die to go 13 and one. Yeah. you know, one year we went 14 and one. I thought I was going to have to, you know, resign and find another way to make a living because it was so stressful. But uh, at the same time, you know, high standards are a good thing, you know. And, and like I said, this year's team is, has kept their end of the deal. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get a win tonight and, uh, you know, be practicing on Thanksgiving. That's always our goal. You know, um, you talk about that, that high standards. I, I think it was Nolan Richardson when he was over at Arkansas that said, you know, the dangerous thing about creating the monster is you have to feed the monster. And 
is that the backside of you know establishing a program at the level that that you have taken Oakland to at this point well I, I have to say it is a little stressful you know it does uh, put a little pressure on you uh, you know you, you always in the back of your mind know that you know everything can't last forever but uh, you, you do have a good problem you know I'd rather have that problem than not finding a way to win you know so uh, there's problems all over the place with this kind of profession, but uh, if I'm going to have them, it might as well be I need to, you know, always be pressured into to winning our last ball game, and that's kind of what our kids have come, you know, they've come, come to expect that. And, uh, you know, like I said, it is a little disappointing uh, if you don't win your last game, but I'm sure that's uh, true for any football program. You talk about the standards that you guys – work to and practice to and play to what do you feel like has been the one key over your tenure at Oakland to to establishing that that culture that that now permeates that program well you know I think it's important and I think people will tell you this that have played us over the years you know uh, we don't really take any weeks off you know there's times where we can show up and just show up and play and and probably win easily but you know that's not how we handle week to week uh we have respect for every single opponent that we play and we prepare you know like uh they're going to be the team that knocks us off so i think if you do that every week at the end of the season you got yourself a pretty good football team Speaking with Kevin Creasy of the Oakland Patriots. Coach, you have a couple of guys who have have essentially bought real estate in all of your opponents' backfields on defense this year. Uh, talk a little bit about Theron Gaines and uh, Ethan McLaurin. Oh, yeah, definitely two great ones. Uh, you know, our, our school's known for having some pretty good D linemen. And, you know, when these guys were freshmen, we knew they were going to be pretty good. And uh, both of them got to play a lot as sophomores. And then they both started against Maryville in our last game. So throwing those guys in the mix against a team like Maryville, you know, as a sophomore, uh, definitely gave them some growing pains to go through. But at the same time, they're kind of reaping the rewards of it. And both those guys are juniors, and uh, yeah, that's... They, they did a really good job. Yeah, 34 tackles for loss on the season, guys, in case y'all were wondering but between the two of them. 34 tackles for loss coming back. <laughs> no wonder you can't find anybody yeah, to play you, Coach. Yeah, you, Have you tried Hoover yet? <laughs> call, yeah. call Josh Niblett. He might play you. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's looking like we'll probably be playing some people out of state. <laughs> you know, you said you were um... – Looking for five non-region games, and I imagine at this point you're zero for five. <laughs> yes, I got a a couple maybes. Uh, you know, I give credit uh, to Hendersonville and Ravenwood. Both of those guys have penciled us in, and uh, right now we're we're still talking to uh, maybe a couple teams. You know, that are waiting for somebody else to say yes. But pretty much. Uh, Last count, it was about 63 no's and a few heck no's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you know, 
we we talk about being victims of our own success and and that's certainly the situation that you find yourself in maybe lose a game every now and then he's never <laughs> he's never gone undefeated it, it, yeah. that that's the thing even when they won the state championship they were 14 and 1 I'm, Ooh, and I'm sure he appreciates that hey, reminder. I'm just that's saying, true. I'm that's just saying, true. this might be. You, we talked about how special this team had an opportunity to be. This, this, if you win at all, you will go undefeated. So, that's th- right. There you go, coach. That that is that is something new and unique for you to strive for this season. And we will be Absolutely. rooting for you. <laughs> I will be rooting for him. I can tell. You. And let, and unless Franklin gets there. Mo will probably be rooting for you, but if Frank, if you're playing Franklin on on uh, December fifth, he's probably not going to be on your, t- on well, your side. Well, I'll right? just tell you this: <laughs> if Oakland were to beat Franklin in the state championship, it certainly wouldn't be the first time it's happened. <laughs> That's true. So, that yeah, true. It, it wasn't Creasy that did it, but um, it was Thomas McDaniel, and he and I still don't speak. No, seriously, yeah. <laughs> this would be the last yeah. time we talk on this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What, Kevin? I think it was like 2008. Eight, it was. Yeah, I, I sat in um, I sat in Johnny Red Floyd Stadium and froze and and watched that one. I think it was 35-7 the final, and yeah, it it still brings up nightmares. But I think this Oakland team creates a lot of nightmares for a lot of folks right now. And um, Kevin Creasy, we appreciate you taking a little time to visit with us, and good luck um tonight against Jamison Holcomb and the Warriors. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right. That game will be on WGNS and will be featured on the Whip Around coverage tonight. I am most certain that JP will be listening to that as much as possible. Uh, that that would be a really good football game. It, just FYI, it was twenty to thirteen was that state championship final, Oakland over Franklin. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was just a seven point ball. Okay, game. then it must have been the other state championship game <laughs> that, that Franklin, Franklin was, was in that they lost thirty five seven. My bad. Yeah. But it, yes. They it, start to run together. I mean the games, not necessarily. Oh, the, it was championship the state championship game. games. I was just wondering. <laughs> it's like dang. I mean, I guess if you're Oakland, the state championship they games do start, do start to run, run together. together. Yeah. yeah, not so much if you're Franklin. But yeah. Oh man, I, that was a really fun conversation. Glad we got to talk to Kevin Creasy. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about high school basketball. A couple of games last night that all three of us went to some games. So we'll we'll talk about all three of those and uh, get JP's thoughts on Kalioka, whereas I was at Independence and Mo was at. Eagle Bowl for the Richland contest. All of that and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. 
Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 14 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour. High school sports all day, every day. That's not true. We do other things, too. Um, before we before we get out of high school football, I want to put this seed in your minds. Um, when I was, I, I guess when, when Sarah, my wife, was in school, I want to say 2007-ish, the, her high school football coach suffered a heart attack on the sideline and was revived with a defibrillator, which is pretty incredible in itself. I sent, I sent you a story last night. You did. That was wild. Uh, on cbssports.com, there was a story about St. John's Catholic prep football coach out of Maryland, Daryl Hayes. He suffered a heart attack during his team's game against Concordia Prep on Saturday. Um, the emergency at the beginning of halftime, or happened at the beginning of halftime. He refused treatment, continued coaching, even though his team lost 53 to nothing. Dude had every excuse. Every to excuse. Leave. Literally. It doesn't make any sense. I am. Um, he he has a very understanding and forgiving wife. Um, Kelly revealed that her husband's heart attack was caused by a blood clot in one of his arteries, blocking an estimated 99% of the artery and was discovered at halftime. I cannot imagine anyone in my family that would not have physically removed me in a situation such as that. Yeah, there's no question that my guess is there would have been some choice words from my significant other had I tried to stay on the field. I can't imagine. I Um, cannot imagine. But uh, that, that being said, she doesn't like people who, you know, half butt things she does not no so no so so maybe she would have been in daryl's corner she might have been in daryl's corner yeah daryl much love much respect friend yeah i hope you get to feeling better (laughs) get well soon it's like the the balloon on the side of the road tied to the raccoon that's just laying there wow oh man it's not like he's got a cold. No, he had a heart attack. He had a heart attack at halftime of an eventual 53 to nothing loss. Oof, man. And stuck around. Daryl? We yeah. salute you. Yeah. Real man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, gosh. Um, all right. So I just had to throw that out there because I thought that was interesting. And uh, I wanted to do that before we got out of football. Um, last night, however... We got some great, um, great hoops action happened. I was 
privy to the Independence Livingston Academy game, which, by the way, do y'all know where Livingston, Tennessee is? I know exactly Holy. where Livingston mm-hmm. is. Hog Eye, Hog Eye, TNT. Okay, so they actually have Hog Eye on the side of their shorts. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world is going on right now? I, y'all. Come on. Okay, so Livingston is, I believe it's in Fentress County. It's up north of Cooldawa. No, no, no. I'm no. sorry. It's in, it's in uh, Overton. Overton County. Overton you're right. County. My bad. My yeah. Cooldawa. I don't know where I got that from. Uh, no, you're right. It is in Overton County. It's it's up north of Cookville. Cookville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't get there from here. You have to go to <laughs> Cookville to start. But I've actually been to a game up there. I've been to a um, football and a basketball I game up there. I expect basketball games. At Livingston Academy are raucous. They used to be. I don't know if they still are or not, but that girls' basketball program when Larry Looper was up there in particular back in the um, – during the 90s, they were doing some damage at a pretty high level. They won some AA state championships and sending some folks on to um, Division One. Uh, particularly Amy Brown, who um, – went on to be an assistant coach. She might have been a head coach at Tennessee Tech, but she played down at Louisiana Tech when playing women's basketball at Louisiana Tech was a big deal and um, was one of the top scorers down there. Um, Leslie Smith from up there went to Vanderbilt. They've, they've sent some some folks on to some pretty high-powered women's basketball programs in particular. But um, Well, last night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Independence scored the first two points of the game in that girls' game. And Livingston Academy proceeded to score 38 of the next 41 points. Wow. It was 38. That's not good math. 38-5? 38 to 5 at one point. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, Welcome back to the coaching sidelines, Mary Beth White. Right. Uh, That was not a great way to open the season. That being, they just, they struggled. Independence's girls just struggled with pressure. Uh, you know, they struggle to get the ball at the court, and that's to be expected when you're missing your dynamic point guard, Jalen Banks. Well, it's also to be expected when you've not played a game since your last game of the 2019-2020 season. Right, no no, no basketball in the summer, no, no preseason, preseason scrimmages, scrimmages nothing. No. Yeah, And that was something Doug Kyle alluded to. You know, he, he had football players who haven't touched a basketball in three or four months – and it took them a little bit of time to get, I say to get adjusted. Offensively, it certainly took some time, but defensively, it did not. They they opened the first quarter up nine to seven, and well, I would think football players probably adjust quicker to defense than offense on the basketball right. court. They and they were they, they played really Hopefully well. Hopefully, they just didn't tackle anybody. Uh, they did not. Uh, they were they were without three players. Uh, Josh Moore, who has been nursing a shoulder injury from football all season long, didn't know that. Um, as, as a linebacker, that, that could be an issue. Um, River Katina was out as well with an injury, and then they had another injury or an, another player out due to COVID, whether they – either contact tracing or they have it, I don't know. Right. Um, but they were without three of their players. Despite that, they were subbing five in, five out, <laughs> had no problem there. And, y'all, if you thought Ty Locke would look big in a football uniform – you ought to see him on a basketball court. That kid is a monster, sophomore, and just 
man among boys out there. I'm looking forward to the next two years with him on the on the football field. God, it's insane. That dude is huge. So they actually, uh, at Livingston Academy's boys take a take the lead on a three point play, old fashioned old fashioned three point play with about four and a half to go in the second quarter. Matthew Sells of uh, Livingston Academy, heck of a ball player, mm-hmm. heck of a ball player, um, and apparently most people know this. Uh, Doug Kyle certainly knew it going in. He said he said we knew how good he was, uh, and uh, it took Independence all the way into the fourth quarter before they could get the lead back. Once they did, though, they held on and got a forty nine forty six win uh, at home in their season opener. So well done to. The Eagles, um, they were led by um, Tyus Anderson. Tyus, uh, not a not a huge game from any one particular player. Um, I think Anderson had eleven, and Cameron Bell had eleven. I think um, maybe nine. But it was a, a balanced effort from from Independence is what you and that's what you hope for. Uh, Cameron Bell had a really good basketball game in the fourth quarter. Had a couple of big stops. Matter of fact, if you look on Twitter, I think I just retweeted. Uh, he he uh, posted a huddle highlight where he got a big block. Um, and, and we actually have the picture on the website. So there go. full game story there. The block on the website, the picture of it is on our website. Big win for the Eagles. Um, well, speaking of Eagles. Yeah. Um, you saw some last night, too. I saw some Eagles as well. I saw some Eagles get ran past often as um, Richland's boys won 66-34 over at Eagleville. And... <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's just say that I thought Richland looked a lot better than Jason Loveless did. But he's the one that gets paid for coaching him. Um What was he was he was he wearing something goofy? Oh no, no, he was fine. He just um oh, he okay. he um you know, first game, they won by thirty two. Got a lot of points in transition, the way they like to play, getting up and down the floor, that kind of thing. I thought they I thought they looked pretty good. Um, there were a lot of mistakes we made, and I don't think we shot it that well, Loveless said. But they were getting a lot of shots right at the rim. I, again, they were getting up and down. Their pressure defense was creating problems for Eagleville, and they were able to get out and run. Um, Logan Helton finished with a game-high 21 points and had a handful of dunks in amongst that. Um, this kid, when he gets to the rim, he's definitely looking to do damage. Um, Daniel Nicholson... And Trey Luna added 17 and 15 for Richland in the win. In the girls' game, <clears throat> in the girls game um, Richland was without three of its starters, the three, oh. Garner, the, the three Garner sisters, Allie, Kate, and Kristen, all out until um, at least December 9th, Chad Hall said. And so they were they were a little hamstrung in their eventual um, 43-36 win. But as you alluded to earlier, Jesse Jennings with 20 points, 15 in the first half as Richland led uh, 29-22 at the half. Just couldn't hang on late 
um, Eagleville with a couple of size issues for Richland inside with um, Cadence Chapman and Anna Grace Clement, who combined for 26 points. So, you know, tough start for the Richland girls, but they've got a lot to look forward to when they get their full complement on the floor. That makes a lot more sense. Oh, no question. I, I, I was curious how that happened, but uh, that makes a lot of sense. And Jesse Jennings now um, 177 points away from 2,000. Not bad. Not bad. All right. JP was at a game last night. He was at the Cullioca moore County Girls game and the Cullioca lawrence County Boys game. We'll get his reaction from that contest on the other those side of contests. yeah from those contests with an s yeah. um on the other side of the 10 o'clock hour we will talk about some other there were a couple other games uh mm-hmm. that we need to get to as well and we'll we'll give you the schedule for tonight for tomorrow won't take long uh well t- tomorrow's got several games That's true. uh tonight and tomorrow and All of that and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, along with Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant here on 101.7 FM WKOM, as we are each and every week, Monday through Friday, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. We appreciate you hanging out with us. If you missed any part of the show, you can always catch us on the podcast. That's on Spotify, Apple, and just about anywhere else, including our website, under the podcast tab. And if you want to join us, feel free to do so at 931-381-1017. You can call us and we can um, get you on the air. You can text us if you've got something you want to um, bring up, but our little radio shy. So Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to some, um, we will certainly get to some college football a little bit later in the broadcast uh that may be segment six <laughs> since that may be segment well uh, I, I think it's gonna have to be segment well six. it's either that or the other and i don't think the other is appropriate so um <laughs> yeah that's what we will do we will talk some college sports in the, the last segment of the day right now i want to get jp's thoughts on last night's Kalioka moore county girls game and the Cullioca lawrence county boys matchup what 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 was the atmosphere like out there 
it was, last night. It was a good atmosphere. Um, I, I think that was my first time into that gym. Uh, if it if if it was not, I had only been once, and I don't, didn't remember. Uh, but it's it's a good atmosphere. Uh, a short court. There's not much room on the inlines, right? But otherwise, it's it's a good atmosphere. Um, you know, it has the upper level, and the acoustics in that gym, it bounces all over the place. There are a lot of nooks and crannies in the roof, and so it's very loud and piercing. It's a good atmosphere when your home team is doing well, and uh, there were some points last night where it got loud. Uh, but uh, Moore County girls, very good basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive pressure, full court pressure. Uh, kind of ruled the day uh, for for them as they maintained a comfortable lead throughout the entire game. Uh, they were led in scoring by Chloe Brazier uh, with 16, Olivia Richards with 15 for Moore County. And uh, Kolioka, they've got a nice inside presence, um, mm-hmm. and they've got a couple of go-to um, spots, and they'll do well in their district, I, I do believe. Uh, Moore County obviously is a, a, you know in the upper echelon of, of the state in Class A. But um, Kolioka, they'll do well. Um, Macy McKinnon, uh, 17. Uh, Brianna Dixon with uh, 13. And uh, Tyler Reichman with 12. So three and double figures for Kolioka. Uh, Gritty, um, both of these teams, um, they were, it, it was intense. It did not look like the first game of the season <laughs> or the second. It, it was intense. Really? It was really intense. They're, Hard, ready to, they're ready to play somebody in Yes. Mm-hmm. Hard fault. Um, there you go. And uh, it was um, it was a decent uh, decent game to watch. Fifty nine forty five was the final. Moore County over Kolioka. Now in the boys' game, of course, uh, an interesting um, setting here to where Moore County boys still playing football, so they weren't able to field the team. Last minute uh, call up from uh, Shane Clark in Lawrence County to come play boys only, and. Uh, Shane Clark obliged because uh, he had a couple of games this week that were uh, that were canceled due to COVID. Uh, one tonight that was canceled, Lexington. Uh, but uh, so Lawrence County boys go up there, and it was their first game of the year. Kolioka's, uh, I believe, their first game as well. And uh, actually, Kolioka played um, okay. Tuesday night. Both boys and girls, okay. um, they both won against Cornersville. That's right. Um, Kolioka beat Cornersville 70, 71-61 in overtime. So I, I do know it was Lawrence County's first game, mm-hmm. and uh, Tavon Bixby though for Kolioka, twenty points, um, led the way, and uh, Lawrence County got out uh, early with really with some stiff man-to-man defense. It was it was interesting. It was it was old school half court man-to-man defense. They got out early, led sixteen to five after the first quarter, and uh, Kolioka closed the gap a little bit before halftime, and then actually won the third quarter. Uh, by a point and closed the gap. It got to within eight, uh, but Lawrence County immediately uh, got it back out to double digits and maintained that throughout the rest of the game. Uh, Bagsby, uh, most of his 20 came in that second half, uh, third quarter in particular. Uh, Chris Hutchinson was six. Also, Landon Andrews was six. Um, and Hunter Harris with seven. Interesting that Lawrence County had one player in double figures. Uh-huh. Yep. That, 67 points and one player in double figures. And that one player is a pretty good one, though. He Elijah is. Reynolds yep. is a kid to um, keep an ear out for over the course of this District 8 AAA season. He could have had uh, near 30 if he had made his free throws. Uh, missed a lot of, Lawrence County missed a lot of free throws, including uh, <laughs> including Elijah. But, yes, uh the the rebounding for Lawrence County, uh, and and blocks they had quite a bit of blocks too. Well, the, 
They it, pretty well had a size advantage yeah. for the most well, part. I mean, you've got somewhat. Eric Mick. Mm-hmm. Eric Mick and Cooper mm-hmm. Parks are probably yeah. the inside presence for Kalioka, and I don't know that they necessarily play at the same time. Yeah, and, you know, the height wasn't all that different, but but you're right. There, there's a you know There's one thing to be tall, but if you're not a post player, it doesn't really level out against, say, someone who – understands the leverage yeah. mm-hmm. and, and i think there was there was a lot of that lawrence county had some true post players um rebounding defense and um and block shots were i think the keys for lawrence county in their 67 45 win but uh Kolioka, uh, again they're going to be tough in their district too uh, i believe they won it last year if i'm not mistaken they won the, won the tournament. tournament won the tournament so going after going in as the four seed yeah yeah um Landon Andrews, who had 21 points in that win over Cornersville on Tuesday night, held to six um, in Thursday night's loss to Lawrence County. So I don't know if that was a function of a, you know, a scout that put some defensive priority on him or if that was just an off night. I think a little both. Yeah, a little both. Um but uh, that, too, was, was intense. Mm-hmm. It was good to see uh, early in the year uh, a lot of effort exuded. And uh, it, was, it was fun to get out to a basketball game last night. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Like I that. said, li- live sports good for the soul. It is. It, it, it <laughs> is, and it was. Yeah. Um, down at Fayetteville, Columbia Academy's girls and boys swept Riverside Christian, the girls winning 66-39. Um, Maddie Lewis with a game-high 28 points. Carly Quillen added 10 for the Lady Bulldogs. Uh, in the boys' game, Columbia Academy wins 83-49. They had four players in double figures, including Will Jackson with 16. Griffin Cooper in his varsity high school debut with 15. Um, Drew Butt with 14 and Tanner Ham with 13. So little balance there in a in a big win for CA boys. Yeah, also CA last night um posted a video of their JV's 58-28 win over Riverside and um I guess Griffin Cooper played in both. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird, but uh yeah, chalk it up to things I never thought I didn't think I would see yesterday was uh a JV dunk, and Griffin Cooper made that happen last night. It is on our Twitter account. There and you go. Check that off your bucket list. <laughs> Dunks in JV games. I mean, I've seen eighth graders dunk, but when they got to high school, they didn't play JV. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I've seen eighth graders dunk, and that's well, not a big deal, but when they got to high school, they weren't playing JV. Well, I think here's the deal, though, you know, Again, in a year where you've had no summer camps and no summer games, no preseason scrimmages, you're talking about a freshman. Maybe you're just trying to get him as many reps as you can as quickly How is as you that can. Legal? How is it legal to play more than two, four quarters in a game, in a night? You can't play more than six quarters. Oh, okay. So if he played three quarters in the JV game, he could only play three quarters in the varsity game. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense, then. So so that way you can get your younger guys some run in the JV game, and then if a game gets away from you in the varsity game, you can throw those guys out there. There you go. Yeah, I didn't. I, I did not know the the specific rule there. TIL. 
Um, Today you learned. Yes. Well, T-Y-O. <laughs> um, also last night, Mount Pleasant swept Cornersville. That was a big night for the Tigers, 49-33 over Cornersville in the boys' matchup. Mount Pleasant led by uh, Kentre Frierson with 20 points. Tip Marlowe had 12, and um, including a couple of trays. But early, shots weren't really going down for the Tigers. Hit one of their first seven from behind the arc. So Three for 12 in the first quarter from the floor. Keep on shooting. The, the only shot that matters is the next one. That's right. <laughs> they were up seven to six, so defensively they were like, hey, if our shots aren't going in, we, we can't be- let we, them score. We better guard somebody, yeah. And so then it's it's funny because it, this this particular scoring by quarter looks like a football. It's 7-6, 14-7, 18-6, and 14-10. <laughs> it's like they played football. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's interesting. I mean, it would be offensive. Little arena ball, yeah. Yeah, but. 49-43. Good good night um, for for Mount Pleasant's boys and the girls as well. They uh, they get a 49-43 win over Cornersville's girls. Uh, Kylie Bradley with 18. Emily Crossman with 16. And six threes between them. And and they so were, they must have used up all the threes, that's and that's why the boys didn't have any in the late game. That, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> they they put the they put the uh, the lid back the boom, on. There we go. After after, after the, the girls' game, game. yeah, happens every time. You got to make sure you keep that lid off. Um, Mount Pleasant got up 23-18 in the second quarter, and then uh, built it up to de- double digits by the third quarter. Um, it. it was a really good job by Amy Odom's girls last night. Well done, and and their win again. Forty nine thirty three boys, forty nine forty three girls. Um, big night. Good yeah. job. Got a couple of games coming up tonight on the hardwood as Columbia Central, their boys and girls coming off of wins Tuesday night over at Smyrna. They travel to Forest for a double header that can be heard on our sister station, 103.7 WKRM. Um, Barry Duke will have the call with Brandon LeVere giving color commentary. Pre-game starts at 5.55 for that one. Uh, the other game, the only game in town, will be Jackson County playing at Columbia Academy tonight over at the Anderson Fieldhouse. Yes, and tomorrow, if you are out and about, plenty of options. Got a 1 p.m. matinee as Macaulay's boys come over to Independence. Huntingdon travels to Summertown. Summit's girls will play at Gallatin at 3 o'clock. They will play Northwest, and then at 6 o'clock, they will take on the host Green Wave. Did you give the... um? The times on those two early games, Macaulay uh, boys at Indy. I did at 1 at o'clock. One. I did not on the Huntington game. Okay, Huntington, Summertown at 2. Yeah, that's a 2 o'clock start down at Summertown. So um, you got time to get to Schaefer's either before, after, or both. <laughs> if, if you're smart. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, Take some be, home with you. Yeah, right. You'll wind up doing that anyway. Um, excuse me. 
Third time's a charm. We got big it right pl- that time. Big play day down at Richland tomorrow. Uh, starting at 1030, the Spring Hill girls will take on the Lady the host Lady Raiders <laughs> at 10.30 a.m. At 12 noon, Harriman's boys will play Richland. At 1.30, Giles County and Spring Hill will play a girls game, followed by Fayetteville boys and Harriman at 3. Giles County girls in Richland will play at 4.30, and Fayetteville boys at Richland at 6. So, um, I'm interested in that Fayetteville boys game and how that works the, out. The nightcap? Yeah. Uh, yeah, should be interesting. Well, it, with – Oh, with, with football with, with players the football. being out, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. That'll be worth keeping an eye on. And um, again, that schedule is up on the website at sm-tnsports.com, as is coverage of all of those games from last night, including box scores. So be sure and check that out. That's right. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, we're going to talk to John Varlis of the Daily Memphian. We'll get back into high school football and then. Later, we'll talk college gridiron matchups. If you would like to call during that segment, we'll give you the number, 931-381-1017, 931-381-1017. When we come back, John Varlis, Daily Memphian. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Every play. Wow! And he spins off a tackle. Every hit. Boom! <laughs> and Trey Hunter tattoos. McCandless down at the 28. Every touchdown. And he tight ropes and goes backwards into the end zone. Wow! Touchdown, Destin Wade. The playoffs are on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 23 minutes past the 10 o'clock hour here on November 20th, Friday. You've made it. And we have high school football tonight. Tons of it. Don't forget, 5 o'clock, TriStar Sports Live with J.P. Plant. He will... You can actually hear our interview with um, Zach, Womble. Zach Womble previewing that Beach Summit game on TriStar Sports Live tonight. After that, at 6 o'clock, he and Coach Mike will run down the playoff brackets 
get you ready for action tonight. And then, of course, we'll be on the show making our picks at 6.15. We will be at Shackle Island Stadium in Hendersonville making those picks. And then at 6.45, Mike Epley and Matt Rogers will give you the call for that Summit Beach game. And then on TriStarSportsRadio.com, you can hear JP's whip-around coverage of audio from around the state of high school football games. Again, throughout the state. If he can find the audio, you just may hear it on the whip-around coverage online. So, plenty of high school football coverage tonight here on WKOM and TriStarSportsRadio.com. And, of course, after the game tonight... SM-TNSports.com will have you completely covered with photo gallery, stats, game story, and another interesting story that we're excited to, to, to run. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for that either tonight before you go to bed or tomorrow morning when you wake up. It will be there for your browsing. And if you are a subscriber, it will be in your email. And if you're not a subscriber, you should be because it's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. F-R-E-E. F-R-E-E. Free. There's no such thing as free lunch, but there is such thing as free subscriptions to sm-tnsports.com. There you go. All right. Let's talk about some high school football because on the line with us, we have John Varlis of the Daily Memphian. He's here to tell us about all of the football that wasn't played in West Tennessee. <laughs> exactly. You know, as I was as I was looking through this bracket, looking for, you know, games that we could ask John Varlis of the Daily Memphian to speak with us about, there's not a bunch. John, it's been a crazy football season for you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. How are you doing? And thank you so much for having me. It it, it has been crazy, and that is uh, that's the operative word in Memphis, especially this year. <laughs> Man, um, obviously, I guess the game that you'll be keeping an eye on will be this Bartlett Collierville matchup. And what's significant about that one to us is the winner of that one plays the winner of Franklin Brentwood in the Class Six A semifinals. Yeah, yeah, and, and I and I'm excited about it, Mo. I'm I'm going to be there, like you say. Um, this is this is a rematch game. Uh, obviously, these two teams met on October 30th in the uh, regular season finale, and and as it turned out, that it turned out that it was the uh, essentially the region championship game, and and Bartlett won in overtime in a in a really exciting and competitive contest, and, and that allowed them to win the region championship and host tonight um and, and as you can tell you know by the score uh you know we've got two really evenly matched teams tonight there, there's not much to separate Bartlett and Collierville honestly um you know both teams are really well coached uh you know they both have you know solid not not spectacular but solid quarterback play um you know they both have really good physical physical fronts and and uh you know, really, really good, experienced guys on the defensive side of the ball. I think what gives Bartlett the slight edge, what certainly gave them the slight edge in the first game, was uh, 
you know, the great running back, Robert Giamo, who's been, who's been outstanding this year. He's one of the top running backs in, in Shelby County. Uh, you know, if not all of West Tennessee, I mean, he's been phenomenal this year as a senior. He had a great game the first time these two met. And, uh, you know, clearly if you're, if you're a Collierville fan, you need to find a way to contain that guy a little bit better than you did the first time around because he was spectacular and, and he, he's really been the key, you know, all year, frankly, to, to, to some of this, to a lot of the success that they've had. Again, as, as you look through this bracket and you see, you know, the West Tennessee portion of the bracket and, and you notice, the Memphis teams that aren't there, John. I mean, do you just kind of look at it and kind of think, what if? Oh, I can't help but look at it and think, what if, Mo? I mean, I mean, yeah, the the uh, you know, especially in especially in you know five A. I know you guys have uh, some good five A talent in in your area. I heard you talking about you know beach and stuff before I came on. You know, we we had some strong five A contenders this year with with Ridgeway and Kirby. I really think those teams had a shot to to go a long way this year. You know, certainly, you know, when you get down to two A, I think a team like like Maha's Memphis Academy of Health Sciences had had a chance to really have a good year. And then, of course, you know, you know, going back up to six A, I mean, you just never know how that dogfight is going to play out. You know, White Station, White Haven, Germantown. I mean, you know. Clearly, Bartlett and Collierville are, are very good teams, and, and they deserve to, to to be where they are. But you know they, you know they they essentially got to buy into the second round of the playoffs because you know the the, the Shelby County schools that I just mentioned you know didn't play. So I mean, you, you just never know how it would have turned out. And yeah, I, I look at it with a lot of a, a lot of what if, and I, I know these coaches you know probably look at the bracket and they're you know with regret and. You know, maybe some sadness and, and a lot of frustration too, because it's it's just, you know, it's just it's still after all this time mind-boggling that these kids didn't get a chance to compete this year. It is unfortunate for sure. Some of those athletes who did not get to compete in public schools, a few of them found other ways to get on the field though, and we saw. Over here, the Memphis Nighthawks came to play Zion Christian early in the year, and Zion got the win. Later in the year, Memphis started. Memphis Nighthawks started winning, and we were like, "And winning big." What the heck just happened? Was that something that that you know you saw coming? Uh, where where well, these athletes were were finding other ways to get on the field? It's it's not something that I necessarily saw coming, but I, I knew that you know if some of these kids had a chance to to go elsewhere, they would. And, and you're right, some of them did end up with the Nighthawks, um, and, and then there was a team that was formed here, uh, another homeschool team that was formed here, Pure Youth, uh, Pure Youth Athletics, that was formed. It's 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 a it's a wild story the way they did it. I mean they they uh, essentially formed the team, you know, basically in the middle of, of the season, and they were able to get in, you know, four games as it turned out. And, and their roster was comprised of, of uh, SCS, you know, Shelby County Schools kids that withdrew from their school and enrolled in this home school and, and thus were able to play. And, and, and of course, Pierre got the, you know, TSSAA go-ahead to play, you know, member schools. So, so yeah, I mean, there were opportunities for some of these kids, the fortunate ones, but, you know, for the vast majority, um, 
you know, there, there wasn't an opportunity and, and that's really, really sad. Uh, you know, and particularly for some of these seniors too, who, you know, n- setting aside the chance that they didn't get to play this year, you know, they didn't get a chance to have game film to be evaluated by potential colleges. You know, they didn't get, uh, you know, they just didn't get a chance to create them the, the memories that you would as a senior, you know, no senior night, no, you know, no, no game ball for, you know, a, a big victory, no, you know, no career milestones, no, all state consideration, no Mr. Football consideration possibly for some of these guys. It's, it's just, you know, a, a few of them did get a chance, but, you know, for the vast majority they didn't, and it's, it's just really, really unfortunate. We're speaking with John Varlas from the Daily Memphian. John, of those guys that made their way either to the Nighthawks or to that um, pure youth team, would Tevin Carter be the most recognizable name out of those yeah yeah mo from a statewide perspective he clearly would uh and 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 and, you know and tevin is a player that i think probably needed to play this year somehow i'm really glad he 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 got the chance to do so um you know he tore his acl and did not play at all during the 2019 season so you know as as talented as he is to miss you know two consecutive seasons i think Mm would have would have still been really, really hard, but yeah, he's a, he's a, a great prospect, uh, you know, and a, and a really, a really good kid, but you know, on the football field, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's got the potential to be special. He's about six, four, he's really big and strong. He's put together, you know, like an Adonis, he's, you know, he's got a body like a Greek God and a, and an arm like a cannon. And, and, you know, he's just a really, really good quarterback prospect uh, as a junior um so it's going to be fun to see how he develops it's going to be fun to see how his recruitment plays out you know he's had um power five schools on his radar you know since he was a freshman um you know really good offers south carolina tennessee um you know some others people like that so it's going to be fun to see how it plays out with him but yeah he really needed to play this year and I'm glad he got a chance to, you know, kind of go out there and flex his muscle a little bit. You know, I would think it would be interesting, you know, when we get to 2021 and hopefully we have the pandemic situation a little bit more under control and Shelby County Schools return to play. What happens with these guys, these underclassmen that played either for the Nighthawks or for Pure Youth this year with their eligibility when they come back? to SCS if they come back to SCS it, it is going to be interesting Mo I, I, I know that I know the pure people are looking at this as, as not necessarily a one-time deal I know you know their ultimate goal is to is to become a, a fully fledged uh and certified you know TWSAA member and you know like and I have a, a regular you know program like like everybody else so I I know from okay. their perspective you know they're they're looking to build and, and and prosper and continue on with this, so so yeah I don't know some some kids might elect to stay some kids might elect to go back to their original school some kids some kids might elect to go to a different school altogether and and and, and unfortunately it is going to probably cause some eligibility questions and 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 things that are going to have to be worked out as we as we go forward but but yeah I mean. Next year, you know, by the time next year rolls around, it's going to be one of those seasons where you're going to need to buy your uh, your program at the game because there's going to be, you know, people that you may not recognize from from you know from the last time you saw the team. That's for sure. That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, so you're saying pure youth is is 
are they trying to be like an IMG type program? Because no, that, they're 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 well, they're no, their their ultimate goal is is to you know, like I said, be certified as a as a regular TWSAA program. Yeah, they just you know, right now they're a homeschool. They're very very small. I mean, you know, they've they've existed before this year. They just were so small they didn't have enough students to field a football team obviously they enrolled about you know 30 students and that bolstered them up to the point where they could have a football team but yeah they're hmm. they're tiny they're really really small but you know they they'd like to continue to grow and progress and and ultimately be a you know a, a member institution that's pretty cool yeah. um going down you'd mentioned the 2A schools what do you know anything about uh, the these 1A sem- uh, quarterfinalists, West Carroll or Lake County? No, they're they're not in our area. Or, or, uh, they're not. Um, I do know, you know, from 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 voting in the state poll this year and kind of tracking the scores that Lake County looks like an awful awful good football team on paper. But but no, I've not seen them, and I don't know anything about them that I can speak to personally. It's interesting uh, because those Region 8 teams obviously didn't play, so Region 7 just played each other in the second round. And I think it's it's unique because, you know, the one seed, Greenfield, which went 8-1 and one during the regular season, I'm sure there were plenty of COVID wins in there, but they, they had to play the three seed instead of getting the four seed, and then they lost to West Carroll 14-12 in the second round. <laughs> And so West Carroll moved on to play uh, defending state champion Lake County. So that's a that that is just another byproduct of twenty twenty. What is it? What do they call them? Um, I, I, there's a phrase for for what what you were explaining, and it I've, I've lost it. But anyway, um, John, I guess in addition to that that. Um, that Bartlett Collierville game that you'll be watching in six A tonight. The other two games involving Memphis area schools, ECS and Lipscomb Academy, and then MBA and MUS. And the latter is yeah. up here. It looks like. Yeah, MBA is is going to be in Nashville tonight. Uh, Bo, I think that's going to be a, I think that's going to be a really fun game and, and one that's certainly going to bear watching uh, around the state. Um, those two teams met. Earlier, they met in, in uh, the middle of September, and it was, a, again, a really competitive game. NBA won 30-27, uh, to 27, and I think uh, I think what what would, you know, offer you a lot of encouragement if you're an MUS fan is, is two things. One, that you played them really close the first time you played, and number two, I think MUS is a lot better now than they were during that first meeting. I mean, they played really, really well last week against Father Ryan, uh, they played a really complete game. They ran the ball well. Um, their offensive line played well, which is which has kind of been a, a, a sore point for them this year. But the O line played really well last week. Um, you know, they have two quarterbacks that they kind of rotate in and out depending on who has the hot hand, and they both played well. Uh, and defensively, they were outstanding last week against Father Ryan, and I think that's going to be the key tonight because the first time. They played Montgomery Bell Academy. Uh, the Big Red had you know over 500 yards of offense, so they they simply can't afford you know to let that happen again, or else they're going to be in trouble. They have to play better defensively, and I think they have you know a great chance to do so. And then of course you talk about ECS and Lipscomb. Lipscomb is going to be coming down here to play the defending uh, state champs. 
Um, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys how good Lipscomb is. They're really strong and powerful. They got a, a big roster and lots of playmakers and lots of guys that can, can do damage. And this is going to be a big challenge for, for ECS. I mean, ECS is a, is a good football team. They have an outstanding running back, a kid named Jalen Greenwood. And they're, you know, they've got a huge physical offensive line that, that likes to boss people around and, you know, has really provided some good holes this year for Jalen to, to exploit. But, but you know, if I'm an MUS fan, I'm, I'm really, really concerned about uh, tonight's matchup because, you know, Lipscomb on paper at least, you know, really, really looks like a, a, a good football team. Uh, you mentioned um, M- MUS and NBA and, and their earlier matchup. NBA led by quarterback uh, Marcel Reed, who is a son of Tennessee State coach, Rod Reed. So, um, as we mentioned earlier, talking about that Oakland-Riverdale game, you're talking about some kids who have an innate knowledge of the game and their position. Um, That ECS-Lipscomb game, John, Lipscomb coming off of a COVID win over Lausanne last week, and I would think a factor is, you know, how does Lipscomb respond to a week off this time of year? Yeah, and that, that's 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 a good question, Mo. I mean, could it you know could it help them by maybe you know getting a little rest and a, and, a, and a lot of extra practice and being able to to fine tune some stuff, or, or will they be rusty? I mean, you know, I know ECS did play last week, and they had a really competitive close game against Battleground Academy that came down to overtime. ECS scored first in overtime and, and took the lead 14 to seven and then battleground scored on their possession and they elected to go for two points in the win and uh, ECS stopped them. So that was it, you know, ECS wins 14 to 13. So, um, so yeah, you can, you can certainly look at it two ways. I know ECS got banged up a little bit last week. I, I don't think it's anything serious. Um, so so yeah, who knows if Lipscomb has the advantage by not playing last week? It, it could it could work in their favor. It, it could backfire, like you say. There could be some some rust to shake off. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. ECS is a very very good football team. I'm just you know I'm just really wary and, and leery. You know, based on everything I've read and, and heard and, and talked. Rest versus rust has been a common theme throughout. 2020 for for a lot of teams and we are curious to see how that that certainly plays out with ECS at home against Lipscomb Academy um John Varlis the Daily Memphian we appreciate your time this morning and thanks for your insight on the western Tennessee portion of the state because I'll tell you I didn't have a clue so well I really appreciate you guys inviting me and uh, I hope you will take care both of you enjoy your enjoy your Friday night. It sounds like you guys have some uh, great coverage to serve your uh, your listeners in, in that part of the state. So um, so I, I appreciate appreciate that. Appreciate all the work Mo does. He's a, a longtime friend and, and somebody that you know I, I just you know can't speak highly enough about. I mean he's been a friend to me ever since I started this job many years ago, and and I'm I'm grateful to help you guys out anytime I can. John, we appreciate it. Take and care, we'll, guys. We'll catch up with you. Okay. All right, John Varlis of the Daily Memphian. When we come back, we'll talk about some college football. If you want to get in on that, 931-381-1017. Phone lines are open. Shoot us a text. Include your name. Give us a call. Whatever. 
931-381-1017. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, it is SEC, ACC, Big 12, Notre Dame. We don't care. We're just going to talk about some random college football games on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Final segment of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today coming at you 1048 a.m. 12 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour here on Friday. Please make sure you are following along on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter and Instagram, SM dash TN Sports on Facebook. And of course, TriStar Sports Radio. Make sure you're following them as well because we will have all the coverage you need tonight. All of it. It's all there. If we ain't got it, you don't need it. That's right. Or it didn't, or it didn't happen. <laughs> hey, I know we're getting ready to go into some college football, but before we go into American football, let's get into, just for a second, just mention, not get into, but at 2 o'clock today, the Vanderbilt women's soccer team plays regular season SEC champion Arkansas for the SEC Tournament Championship. Arkansas is ranked number six in the country. They were the in one girls seed. soccer? Women's soccer, yeah. Um, Vanderbilt was a seven seed. They beat Texas A&M, which was seeded number three and was ranked eighth nationally, three to one Come in on. yesterday's semifinals. So, How about you, Vanderbilt? Anchor down. There you go. Yeah. Commodores, Razorbacks. Two o'clock. That's two o'clock Eastern, so that's one o'clock Central, and um, I believe it's on SEC Network. A trophy will be awarded. There you go. Giving out some hardware. Hardware today. Handing it out. Yeah. So, so back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> it's week twelve in in the SEC's SEC schedule, and tomorrow, um. The JP game. That's not Jonathan Plant, by the way. It's, it's not. Uh, the SEC Network will have LSU at Arkansas, which is certainly has some storylines at this point. <laughs> as we believe, I, I guess, um, Arkansas, is, are they getting their coach back this week or what's up? 
do we know? He was on the sideline last week because he had COVID. Pittman, uh, Pittman I'll was I'll be out? honest with you. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, not. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. It, That's it, speaking of COVID. Oh, I'll I'll let you get to that. Yeah, well, sure. yeah. I, I mean, okay. we, either way, it doesn't okay. matter. No, we can, we can talk about that because I mean it's a great segue. Um, Sam Pittman had COVID. It, apparently, Arkansas has some COVID issues throughout the program, um, but not enough to keep them from playing. One player, two off-field staff members tested positive. Uh, contact tracing that forced. Oh crap! Um, <laughs> sorry, there was <laughs> Rivals.com threw up a, a subscribe. But and I, as I was reading, I was like, I, could, I couldn't read it. Um, which uh, so anyway, contact tracing forced an unspecified number of players into quarantine. We know it's we, we know they got fifty three because they can't play if they don't have fifty three. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so yes, they will play. Um, anyway, uh, it doesn't say anything about Pittman whether or not he's got it or uh, or, or he's back. The only COVID game that we will not see is Texas A&M hosting Ole Miss. Texas A&M still dealing with a COVID issue, number five in the country. Uh, a new COVID issue is apparently today we hear that within Phillip, the hour, yeah, Philip Fulmer has been notified that he tested positive for COVID. I don't really know what that it probably doesn't mean much for the Tennessee football program. I don't know how much he's around them. Clearly, not enough. Um. Hey, call it like I see it. Call it like I see it. Uh, they travel to the Plains, number twenty-three, Auburn. That'll be on ESPN at six p.m. Um. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, Coach Fulmer put out a release yesterday. I learned that I had returned a positive test for COVID nineteen, and I immediately began following our isolation protocol. A second test confirmed the previous positive. I remain asymptomatic at this point. I am feeling fine and will continue to work remotely while adhering to CDC and local health department guidelines. I have not been deemed to be a close contact with any of our student athletes or sports-specific staff members. So, well, there you go. That, ex- that explains a lot. <laughs> it's calling like I see it. Also, so also tomorrow we will have it at three o'clock. Alabama hosting Kentucky on the Southeastern Conference Network. That will be a game that is played, and it will be heard right here on WKOM one hundred one seven with the golden pipes of Eli Gold. Touchdown, Alabama! I love how he says Alabama. It has four syllables. <laughs> At 6 o'clock tomorrow, you will have um, the aforementioned Tennessee traveling to um, Auburn. 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 (laughs) With with the R in front. 23rd ranked Auburn. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff. Um, On Espen. On Espen. Okay. Uh, At 6.30, Mississippi State goes to 13th ranked Georgia. 13th ranked Georgia. Yeah, they, they... I heard Jim Ross talking earlier this morning about, boy, Georgia sure wishes they had uh, Justin Fields. Hello. Because if they did, 
this would not be 13th ranked Georgia. No, it would not. <laughs> so there's that. Well, uh, and then on the alternate channel where it probably deserves to be. Other, <laughs> although I will say, Missouri traveling to South Carolina. Uh, of the two coaches in this one, hmm. Eli Drinkwitz um, said yesterday that he prefers pecan pie over pumpkin pie. So. My dude, just keep him out in the Midwest because that's where he belongs. No, I'm kidding. If you like, if if you're a pecan pie over a pumpkin pie, you're definitely a Southerner, right? I would think so, except mm-hmm. in your case. Well, I mean, I just don't like pecans in general. I but for the most part, we would say that if you like pecan pie over pumpkin pie, you get to move up in the SEC coaching rankings, among other things. One game that we failed to mention in this rundown of tomorrow night's games. I was um, trying to let JP forget about the idea. Mm, well, yeah, I was wondering well, about that. You know, um, I, I think I'd rather mention it and hurt JP's feelings than otherwise. Number six, Florida will be at <laughs> Vanderbilt Stadium to take on the Commodores. That's an 11 o'clock start as well. Um, what's that on, sir? It's on uh, the mothership. Big uh, Espen coming out of game day. Yeah. <sighs> Big audience for the world to see. <laughs> uh, they they may hit that thirty-one and a half point spread by, by halftime. Time. Yeah, they might. Hey, hold on. Hey, you remember that? You remember when we talked about last week about me racking up on Miami at Virginia Tech? Mm-hmm. Just about lost that, but I didn't. Well, that's good. <laughs> so I, I was I was glad. It's a good thing uh, uh, spreads are not uh, horseshoes. That's right. You know, or hand grenades. Yeah, or hand grenades. Yeah. You either do or you don't. Oh man! So yeah, I have a feeling. Let, let's go over. Let's 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 do some picks here. What do you what do you guys say? All right. All right. Florida Vanderbilt against the spread. Against thirty-one. The spread and a half. thirty-one. I'd love to say they can cover that, but I don't know the way Florida's playing and the Vandy's defense can't stop. Uh, can't stop anybody. Thirty-one and a half. Thirty-one, something like that. Yes. I'm taking Vanderbilt to cover. I mean, okay. Vanderbilt to cover, folks. Look at there. What are you doing? You, um, you taking Florida to yeah, cover I'm, 31 and a half? I, I'm going to take Florida in that one. Um, LSU, Arkansas. The uh, the consensus line is LSU two-point favorite. Two-point favorite for LSU. Arkansas has COVID issues. What you got? <laughs> I like, wow. I like the Hogs. Outright. I agree. I like LSU outright. Ooh, look at there, look at there, look at there. Because <laughs> LSU is going to rally behind their beleaguered coach. Oh, okay. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kentucky, hey, it might be one of the last few opportunities they have to do sure. so. Kentucky, Alabama, 30 points. 30 points. That's still a lot of points. But um, if anybody's capable of covering that, it's Alabama. I'm going with the Tide. I like Kentucky to cover. I like Kentucky to cover as well. Uh, don't listen to me, though. <laughs> MTS- Who are you and what do you know? <laughs> MTSU, 11-and-a-half-point uh, dog at Troy. MTSU at Troy, 11-and-a-half points. You're, you're killing me, Smalls. What um, time is that game? Can we catch that on the way back? Two. 30. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, it pains me to say this. I like Troy to cover. 
I do too. I'm going true blue, baby. Auburn, 11 points against Tennessee. I got Tennessee out right in this one, so yeah, yeah, that just blew his mind. But told Clayton this morning. Auburn covers. Tennessee wins this game. Handily. Tennessee wins this game. I tend to agree with you. Want to Chris. Put a, you want to put a stake on it? Uh oh. I'll put a stake on it. All right. You, I got Tennessee what? outright. You got Auburn outright. Okay. There you go. Just or do you, you said Auburn to cover, but I got Tennessee outright. Do you want to give me Tennessee's points or no? It's up to you. I'll take the points. I think Auburn covers. All right. He thinks yeah. Auburn covers. I got Tennessee. I got Tennessee. There's a stake on the line. Stake on the line. Yeah. Or a brisket sandwich from Southern Tree. <laughs> um, and finally. It is Friday night. There are no lines. It's winner go home. High school football playoffs tonight. Right here on WKOM. Mike Effley, Matt Rogers, Will. On the line is JP. 5 o'clock. Listen in. Full coverage. Summit Beach. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Join us again on Monday as we recap Friday night's games right here. Stay cool, Columbia.